I would say the first thing you ought to do when you go, like I go to a new job, I'm a leader. I don't do anything for 30, 40, 50 days. I have meetings every day with the executives I work with me. And I ask, I have a list of questions. What's our water bill? What's the electric bill? What do we have that? And I learn, 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 learn before I make, start making any decisions so that I don't make a decision then have to reverse it because I didn't ask why we do it and it was the right thing to do in the first place. And then uh, get to know your people. Get to know everybody. I walk my operation every day, three times a day when I run a hotel. And I know every single employee. They see me. They have a comfortable relationship with me. And they help me run the business. They tell me who's stealing. They tell me who's doing this, who's doing that. If they only see you once a month or, for you know, some people will tell me right now, I've been uh, furloughed. They haven't heard from their boss in five months. Yeah. I mean, yeah. God, that's, they're not going to be too committed when they come back. Find out what's going on and then use your authority to fix it. Then they trust you. You're listening to the Lippert Academy for Leadership podcast, a show where we invite leaders to have courageous conversations about the journey of leadership, work, and culture. Let's go. Welcome back to the Lippert Academy for Leadership podcast. I'm Dr. Amber Selking, Vice President of Leadership and Culture Development here at Lipper Components, along with Edgar Cabello. Yep. Hey, great to be here. <laughs> so Edgar's one of our Leadership Development Directors here at LCI, who, again, at, at Lipper, we've been on our own leadership and cultural journey for our last uh, eight years, yeah. if you will. And so in season four of our podcast for the Lippert Academy for Leadership, we're really diving into our leadership and cultural journey internally, but then also just getting some incredible leaders from diverse backgrounds from around the world in terms of how have they learned, applied, and built leadership and culture within the teams or organizations that they've been a part of. So we've heard from Notre Dame head football coach Brian Kelly. We've heard from uh, board member Johnny Serpilla, who was big in the camping world. And, and this week, we are in a part two series with Lee Cockerell, who was the executive vice president of operations for Walt Disney World Resorts, yeah. um, leading a team of over 40,000 yeah. people yeah. around the world. Yeah. And prior to that, who was in the Marriott and Hilton. Hilton. So yeah. I'm excited for part two of this conversation conversation. Yeah, and, and I would say without further ado, uh, let's dive in. Yeah, you're going to love this. Let's go. So I, I have sort of a, a big picture question. Like one of my deepest passions and, you know, what I feel part of my purpose is, is to just help build systems that are conducive to high performance and get you know, teams and synergies in place that allow culture to be sustainable and people to, to learn and grow and become the, the best versions of themselves in whatever system that is, whether it's a family structure or whether it's in the sports setting or in the business setting. And so, you know, looking at your life and your career's journey, I mean, you've done that in some pretty huge places and big brands. And so I'm curious, like in a place like Disney, where you have 40,000 cast members or, or team members, as we refer to them as, and you're trying to infuse and disseminate that culture and create that magic for all those people, you know, how do you do that on such a broad scale that can be, you know, sustainable in nature and permeate to the very front line of every heart and mind of team members? Yeah, I think we do three things better than most companies, and any company can do them, but they don't. And uh, number one, we hire better. Mm. We're very careful who we bring into the organization. Actually, I would say it's the most important thing you do in an organization. There's nothing more important than who you bring in. Your people are your brand. They're the ones going to be uh, who you are, what how you're thought about. 
you want to join Disney today, you have to go on the internet and answer 136 questions about yourself that we developed. And it's very predictive about your attitude, discipline. Are you going to be on time to work? Uh, can you stay out there and sell an ice cream cone at 95 degrees for eight hours and be happy? And, uh, <laughs> and it's predictive. And if you get through that, okay, great. Now you can go over and fill out an application. But before that, when I was there, you had to watch a film about Disney expectations. Uh, professionalism, uh, being on work to work on time, no visible tattoos, no visible piercings, no shine shoes, name tag on, how you treat people, blah, blah, blah. At the end of that film, about 25% of the people decide not to work for Disney. That's what clarity of expectations does. Mm. You know, it's a powerful thing, clarity. And if you had, if you're, I, just remember, was your mother clear with you? Oh, yes. Did she have any problems being clear? No. <laughs> right. Why? Why? Because she loves you. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And if you respect your people and you respect, you're going to be clear. I mean, yeah. you can't, this, you're hurting them. It's not about you. It's about them. That's your job. And it's irresponsible not to be clear. So clarity is a huge thing. Uh, so that, that's one thing we do best. Second thing, we train better. Hmm. We train you, we test you, and we enforce the training. Those three things. Just like your mother. (laughs) (laughs) She trains you and she enforces it. She tell me if you've got time to do it twice, you've got time to do it right. (laughs) Sure. And if she's still around, she'll continue to say that. She does. uh, There's only a few things they say about 5,000 times before you. And then it doesn't matter how old she gets. She'll still be helping you get better. Always. uh, So training is about. You know, Bill Marriott told me many years ago when I worked for Marriott, I, w- I started with Marriott when they only had 32 hotels. Wow. So I saw Mr. Marriott a lot, spent a lot of time with him. He said, one day he said two things to me. He said, Lee, number one, the only way you get excellence in any organization is training and enforcement of that training. Mm-hmm. And number two, he said, if you have flies in your restaurants, you like flies. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that applies, you have real kids, that would be you. That would not be the kids. And if you have a dirty operation or you have managers who are not conducting themselves appropriately, that's you, not them. More people need to face up to. It's you. It's not, you know. You know, so training, training. We t- and I mean, I'm talking about behavioral training, expectations for how you behave, how you treat people, uh, in, no, no inappropriate jokes, no making people feel uncomfortable. Uh, you will get fired if you do it. That's Clarity of expectations. And yeah. we have our guests are from 130 countries. Our employees are from all over the world. Uh, every religion, every uh, sexual orientation, uh, you name it. And we're going to have a culture and an environment where people wake up in the morning and want to come to work, not have to come mm-hmm. because they know it's clean. It's kind of like the environment, you know. It's no clouds, no lightning, no thunderstorms. It's blue skies. 69 degrees, everybody's happy, and I want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. And they come in and they do their job. Now, are they always happy? No, but on balance, they are. Yes. You know, I tell people on balance, I love working for Disney. Were there days when I didn't? Yes. On balance, I have a great marriage. Are there days when I don't like it? Yes. (laughs) But uh, on balance is the name of the game. And so training, 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 you got to be very clear with people because people are, they're not, they don't hear you. And and don't, uh, don't assume people know anything. You don't know how their parents taught them. You don't know what the last job taught them. You don't know what their ethics are, their honesty. You've got to go through what's 
important to you and your organization. I said, Disney, there's only one way to do things at Disney. It's a Disney way. It's not your way. Yeah. And in the Army, it's the Army way. And you better get on board. And at Marriott, it was the Marriott way. And that's why these companies have consistency. That's why they're still around after all these years. You know, every guest has a problem and we take care of it for them. Yeah. You know, and uh, you got to think about, are you training your people as well as you should and well as you could? Are you being clear enough? What are you leaving out? And then third, uh, we create a culture that's better than other cultures. Mm -hmm. We make, you know, we create this culture where everybody matters and they know they matter. Our, our leaders are, we pick the right kind of leaders already because we pick the right people. Then we train the leaders and we know. And I say, you know, the formula is hire them right, train them right, and treat them right. Then you'll, you won't have any problem. And, I am know, taking so many copious <laughs> notes over here. Yeah, this is well, turning into class. Yeah, you know, <laughs> part of getting the right people, part of hiring the right people is firing the wrong people. Amen. And, uh, yeah. And most leaders don't want to do that. I would say yeah. everybody knows two or three people in their company shouldn't be there and they're not dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. They know. They know. And the employees know. Yeah. <laughs> and your everybody knows. <laughs> your reputation is uh, taking a hit. It is. You talk a big story, but you don't really do it. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's been an interesting part of our journey along the way too. You know, as we've grown and evolved, we've been on our cultural journey for about eight years now as an organization at Lipper Components, and so, you know, that's we're we're still in that process, right, of really making sure that we're identifying those that are are pulling us backwards or you know being opposite of what we're trying to create and and dealing with those. And we're certainly not perfect, and we've got area of opportunity, but that's been something that over the last couple of years has just become more and more evident. And as your culture gets stronger those people get more and more obvious you know love who it is <laughs> a lot of them will leave on their own and a lot yeah. of them you'll have to some people will never leave yeah. yeah you when you think about it having the right people well trained and know what they're doing and they're happy to come in. <laughs> i mean yeah. that's a pretty good formula and it's not you don't have to get don't get bored with the basics i tell people this is basics yeah, yeah. honesty yeah. integrity are the basics these are the things you teach your kids that'll make yeah. them successful not where they graduated from that's the yeah. least of your problems that's right um, yeah. that's right i tell everybody three things you got to make sure everybody understands you got to have education that can be in college or it can be self educated with the internet and podcasts and reading and caring and and so you got education you got experience which is the big winner and you got exposure, being exposed to people mm. from everywhere. When I left Oklahoma, I didn't know anything. I'd never been out of the state. I thought I'd never met a black person until I was 20 years old. I went to segregated schools. Sure. Today, I do work in 45 countries, you know, and I love everybody. They all have babies. They love them. They have, you know, <laughs> forget the government. The government is not the people. Well, I have a lot of friends named Mohammed, and we're great buddies, and we work together, and we have them for dinner, and... I have African American friends and gay friends and gay family members. <laughs> you know, it's we got them all, yeah. and I've had exposure. I'm not the same person I was when I left. Yeah, yeah, home. And I tell young people today: as soon as you graduate, get out of the village. It, yeah. Go to yeah. for the first five years. Go to New York. Go to San Francisco, L.A. Go to a big city and get exposed. You yeah. will become a different person and don't worry about your parents not wanting you to do that. Do what you need to do, not what exactly. they want to do because your parents have already taught you a lot of things that aren't true about people. Yeah. <laughs> God bless them. <laughs>
Yep. You've mentioned a lot about the diversity within your team, but I also know that you've worked in in a global organization and with different cultures based on just what country you're in. So I'm curious what you found um, as differences or similarities as you sought to maybe bring the the Disney culture, let's say, to a place like Paris. How did you think about it from a, a cultural standpoint? First, I got a lot of training and research on the culture before we went. Hmm. But we have traveled a lot. So I'd been to France many times and have friends there and stayed there for extended periods. We usually rent a house and every year in France for a month and have the kids come and be together because my daughter-in-law is French. So I think, and even when I go to the Middle East, I, I get on Google and make sure I understand what's right and wrong and what to do and what not to do. But uh, one thing I only think people really worry about, you know, and I always tell people, if you can remember these two things, there are only two things of the average parent or adult is safety and education. That's all your mother worries about. That she, right. th- you know, she worried about your safety. She still does, and education. Those are the two big ones. And so, most people you run into, you go to Kuwait, you go to anywhere. The people are great. They're great. Mm-hmm. And though I mean, they're they're amazing. And matter of fact, they're often better than we are. Uh, family, uh, family ties, the way they treat each other, the respectfulness, uh, the professionalism. I went to Baghdad during the war and did 13 seminars. Uh, wow. I flew into Kuwait. The generals picked me up and took me to the, um, I stayed in one of Saddam's palaces. And it wasn't that great, actually. It was very gaudy. And uh, <laughs> it was an amazing experience. And there I saw soldiers from everywhere. I, I met the Turks who run all the uh, merchandise and McDonald's on the base and all that stuff and sell all the stuff they said. They're all, people are all great. Yeah. And, you know, uh, okay, so you got a few people blowing things up. We do in the U.S. too. I mean, just this week. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, so it's just a matter of getting exposure. It's a matter of getting experience. It's a matter of believing. I said to everybody in the world, they have babies and they love them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they worry about them, and they're no different. I did a program for a group in Kuwait, and at the break, the mother came, a mother came up to me. She said, could I ask you a few questions? I said, yeah. She said, I'm really concerned about my daughter. She's going to go to college, and I'm so afraid that they got the same worries. Yeah. <laughs> did you find any cultural, like cultural challenges of bringing the Disney culture to oh, yeah. within Paris? So, so what was that like, and how did you navigate that? First, they didn't grow up with Disney like we did. They don't really know how deep. It, it wasn't a deep part of their life. They hadn't been going to Disney. They, uh, the cartoons and things there weren't particularly Disney or movies. So they didn't really know. And the work ethic is different. You know, Americans work too much and French work about as much as they want. <laughs> and uh, um, they work, you know, they have a 35-hour work week. Their main thing, you know, they think every day about vacation, not about work and and but the, when they do a good job, they do a great job. I mean, but mm-hmm. they're not going to die for their company. They have a life, and they enjoy their life. Even when there's a recession, everybody's out of work. The restaurants are full. You know, everybody's got a bottle of red wine and a baguette. Yeah, one baguette in the morning, another one for lunch. I mean, you know, and uh, it's just a different culture. Yeah, and you got to relax. You can't push people there. Mm. Uh, you can't say, why do you close at one o'clock? Yeah. Yeah. And not reopen till three because they do. And they think, they think we're nuts. Yeah. 
So you got to you got to adjust. And we lived there and we adjusted. It was great. When you go to Turkey, they pray five times a day and you got to be that's going to happen. So, hey, get over it. Yeah. I uh, I had the fortune of studying in Spain when I was an undergrad. And so, cuando en España? We were just in Italy. We rented a house last summer. And, uh, hey, man, you better get your lunch before 1 o'clock yeah. or after 1 because they're going to close up and everybody's going to lunch. Where in Italy were you? We have several. Shout out to our Italian family. We yeah. have uh, several locations across Italy and an amazing family, LCI family over there. So where were we you were, guys? We rented we a house in Lucca, okay. which is about an hour from uh, Florence. And uh, it was fabulous. Amazing. We had, it was just amazing. We'd go back there in a minute. You know, Luca Caesar had a meeting there with all the senators. Mm, cool. To, to divvy up the properties around the world, around the country. And they came there for a meeting. It's got three walls. It had the original wall during Caesar's time around the city. Then they put in the medieval wall. And now it's got the new wall. The new wall is 500 years old. <laughs> so the new, the new wall is 500 years old. So uh, <laughs> Crazy. And it was just an, an amazing. Yeah. And, That's uh, awesome. You know, we come back appreciating Italy. We've been doing that in Spain. We've done that you know. And most people don't get enough exposure in their life. And they, then therefore they, I don't know, they get some fear or something. I don't know what happens to people when you don't understand something. Ooh, those Middle Easterners. No, they're great. You know, yeah. those Egyptians, you know, those, those people from New York. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's very true. So Lee, as we wrap up our conversation here, we want to hit and just highlight some of the specific work that you've done um, over your career and maybe start, uh, we'd like to start with um, the Disney Great Leader Strategies. If you could maybe explain what that was as part of your leadership development program, and then we'll move into your books and, and your recently launched academy that we can't wait to hear about. Yeah, well, I was at Disney, and uh, I was so frustrated with the process. We were trying to put new leadership theory in place to how we take care of people and how we only promote people who are qualified, not just because they've been around for 10 years. I was frustrated with the progress. We didn't see, and I had 5,000 managers, so it's, you know, it's hard to get. Yeah. So I was whining and complaining one day, and a lady who did uh, uh, work for us, uh, organizational development work, she said, why don't we do something about this? And I said, all right, what? She started coming to my house every Sunday for a year, and she and I talked about it, and I told her the things I wished our leaders would do, which I would, what I wish they wouldn't do, the things I wish I had done better when I was a young manager and a young leader, and she took notes, and we developed the Great Leader Strategy out of that. And then I, when it was all done, I had we had it printed up, and uh, and I did a, a audio on it also, awesome. which people could stick in their car back in the old day of tapes and listen to it. I took four or five hours and went over it with my VPs, every line by line, what the expectation was going forward. And then we gave them three weeks to go over it with their managers, and then the managers had three weeks to go over it with all their employees, and we took it down. And then I drove them crazy like your mother. That's all I talked about. Now every employee knew what to expect from their leaders. So they would tell me, hey, this is not happening over here, you know, and this and that. And, and it, we changed the culture over. We started hiring better people. About 50 executives left the company over the next three years because they didn't like this, having to listen instead of telling people what to do. So great, they're gone. You know, we fired some because they weren't good leaders. They were still too autocratic and not caring. And 
some of them were 30 year people, you know, every time we hired somebody, we hired a better person to make sure they were a good leader, a good manager and could create the right leadership and culture. So all the assistant managers started to become better and then the managers became better. And over time, the culture changed. Today, you know, the people there, they wouldn't even, they can't even imagine how it used to be where leadership meant two or three people tell you what to do and they don't care about your opinion. And uh, so that's how we made the change. It's a document. You may have a copy. I don't know. If you don't, I'll send you one. Um, I would love that. Yeah, I would love that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, send me an email when we're done and I'll send it to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And it became a clarity of expectations for leaders. Yeah. Awesome. I yeah. love Period. that. And if you don't have clarity, you know, you, you forget this and you don't do that. And people got to know this is, I call it the recipe book, basically. Yeah. If you want to bake good stuff, you follow this recipe. Because yeah. if you leave three or four things out, it's going to be crap. So yeah. you got to have the recipe. You got to have clarity in baking. You got to have a recipe and cooking. You can throw anything together. And <laughs> this is like, you know, and that's what you got to think about. Does everybody understand it? Are you going to enforce it? Yep. Yeah. You're going to be clear with people. And when you start to do that, things will change. But if the people at the top don't want it to happen, it's not going to happen. Yep. Extreme ownership at the top is. Yeah. So oh, I owned it. You know, my boss yeah. and I own it. He supported me. We had the resources, the training. The, yeah. Yeah. Somebody at the top has to want it, not somebody 20 levels down. Yeah. yeah. So your books, we've got Creating Magic, right? 10 Common Sense Leadership Strategies from a Life at Disney. And then. And that, the by the way, is a, came out of the Great Leader Strategy. If you, have uh, the, if you okay. had that book, that's pretty much what the Great Leader. It's some difference, but not much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe, can you give us one of your common sense strategies? Yeah. The first one, number one, remember, everyone matters. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, our, that's actually the tagline of our yeah. cultural strategy is everyone matters. <laughs> if you get that right, everything else works out. Look at that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, you got to always think, you know, if I treat my wife right and tell her I love her, everything else works out. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's the one. And then one is uh, create magic through training. Mm, cool. Love that. Remove the hassles from your customers and employees so they can do their job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, common sense. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So how about the customer rules? I wrote the first book. Random House published it in New York. Okay. Mainly I got lucky. We presented it to like eight publishers and six of them bid on it. But the publisher that paid the most well, had just come back from Disney with his daughters. <laughs> no, it awesome. was beautiful timing. Perfect. He was, I sucked him in. <laughs> and it sold about 600,000 copies so far. Yeah. I mean, around the world. It's in 22 languages. Uh, they That's Actually, awesome. the first one, Creating Magic. And the customer rules are 39 rules about things you can do to take care of your customers that don't really cost anything. Awesome. You, know, you do these kinds of things, you're, it's not about spending money. So that was and then Random House asked me to write that one. I said, no, it's too hard to write a book. I don't want to. And they kept <laughs> pushing me and I did it. Third was time management magic, how to get yourself organized, how to get more done every day, how to make sure you're not having regrets 20 years from now that you didn't do the things you should have done. Mm -hmm. Because one of the quotes in that book we put in there was, if you don't take the time to plan the life you want, you're going to spend a lot of time living a life you don't want. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because time powerful. goes by. Time goes it by. You're, you're born, you're 21, you're 65, and you're dead. I mean, that's how quick it goes. <laughs> 
when you look at your kids, you say, what? I can't believe they got their this birthday. Or that. I mean, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. yeah. And, and people don't have a respect for time. They, they spend their money and they spend their time and they spend their time pretty foolishly usually. Mm. My wife said my priorities are take care of yourself, Lee, then you can take care of us. And then take care of your business. And if you have time left over, then you can help Kim Kardashian with her problems. <laughs> oh, you can play, you can play golf or you can, but take care of the top three or four things before you go yeah. goofing off. Right. Yeah. That's good. And yeah. so uh, time management's been a powerful uh, course because they don't teach it in high school and college. Most people are having so much coming at them today. They don't know how to keep up with it. They think they were born disorganized. It's not true. The doctor doesn't identify you when you come out and say, "Here's an, it's a learned process like any course. You can take the course. You can learn how to do it. It takes a little discipline. Once you get started, you won't work any other way because you'll start to get things done. It'll build your self-confidence. And the last one is career magic, which is how to keep your career on track when all the obstacles appear in your life which yeah. they do. And a lot of people think, well, it's going to, they think Lee Cockrell, oh, he's executive vice president. Yeah, if they, listen, I've been fired. I've been passed over. My wife and I moved 11 times. I don't have a college degree. I mean, yeah. no, obstacles, they come. And yeah. um, like you were talking earlier to get people to grip to, okay, we got to just, yeah. I got fired once. We had a two-year-old, a Volkswagen, the the sheriff confiscated our furniture because we broke the lease on the apartment. We had no money. It was 2000 bucks to get our furniture back. I had no job. Uh, we got a job about a week before Christmas with Marriott. I had to sell a life insurance policy I had to get 2000 bucks so we'd get our furniture. <laughs> and it was like I, my wife and I would order a burger with French fries and share it. We were so poor. We had nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I always tell people your best days are usually ahead of you because they can't get any worse. That's right. <laughs> That's like, I hear that. We're, yeah, we're, so it's a matter of just moving on through it. And so yeah. I wrote that book for a lot of young people and a lot of people who give up too quickly when obstacles come. They're going to come. They're going to come. They're right here now. They're right with us yeah. right now. Yeah. So you can either sit on the couch and wait for somebody to call you or you can start your own business or you can yeah. go mow lawns. I mean, initiate. Yeah. Initiate, My granddaughter yeah. graduated from. University of Colorado, May 7th, and she's looking for a job, and she started her own company. She's doing great. She's making money hand over fist. She's doing websites, editing. She's, uh, and I, when I said, Margo, when the company calls you and says, we'd like to interview you, what have you been doing? She'll say, I have my own job. I have my own company. I haven't been sitting on the couch waiting for you to call. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. Get out there. Kids say, what job should I take? I say, any job you can get. Any. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Clean the bathrooms in six months. You'll be in charge of the bathroom cleaners. There you go. <laughs> yep. That's good. And then you'll be in charge of the, uh, I mean. It goes on. When you're 20 years old, it doesn't even matter what you do. <laughs> so true. Just do something. <laughs> do something. <laughs> so yeah. Lee, we're really curious about the Academy. Can you, can you tell us like how, with the genesis of that and, and what it is? <laughs> yeah. All these years I wanted to do it. I wanted to create an Academy, all the things I've learned and, put them in courses and uh, have them out there. And I, I've been doing the podcast, creating Disney magic podcast for six years. There's 300 episodes on there. And I get, we've, we're about to hit 3 million downloads on it. I mean, people from all over the world are hooked on it. And, and one guy wrote me yesterday said, I don't know what, how I could start my week without listening to your podcast on Tuesday. Cause he gets ideas. He thinks about things. I can do this. Lee did it. Why? That's how he did it. So we, I always had an excuse. I don't have time to get this a Cockerel Academy done. 
Well, starting March 12th, I have a lot of time. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, right. my partner and I started doing it and we started working on them every day and we've got six courses on there. There's three more coming. It's a subscription course. It's $249. We gave it away, really. Uh, and I've had many big companies already getting it for their employees. And then one company called us and said, we'll get it uh, for all of our, they're a pharmaceutical company out of Japan, but we'd like for, to be able to track if they're using it online. And we've worked that out and figured it out for them and they're buying it. And uh, they just want to make, okay, we bought it for this manager. Is he actually ever going in yeah. looking at it? Yeah. And so the next courses that come in are better decisions. Uh, we have one on there for college students, courses mm -hmm. they should be, or young people. Mm -hmm. uh, we have one on uh, customer service, world-class customer service it's called. We have one on time management. We have one on how to plan your day. We have one on uh, many courses. They're fabulous. Yeah. All, the, all the stuff I mean, you don't I learn in college. Myself. Right? <laughs> I, I looked at them and I was impressed. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because there are things you don't know unless you've been there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. we talk about, we, we have 30 rules in 30 days. Do one a day. One is how to improve your signature on your email. Put on the, what, what, put on there your phone number, put on there what time zone you're in. Ah, there you go. You know? <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> Nobody does that. Nobody. You do it. It makes it easy. I don't have to write back. Where are you? What time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you talking about seven o'clock at night or seven o'clock in the morning? Or <laughs> I mean, just boom, one little thing. Yeah. How to think about being available for people. Mm. In my book, The Customer Rules, rule number 27 is be available. And in there, it tells you how to contact me. People call me every week saying they want to just see if I answer my phone. <laughs> And I often book business out of that right there. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yep. So there's a lot of courses, the Cockrell Academy. So we're, uh, I'm talking to universities and colleges as kids to, we're going to give them a special rate. They send us their, a picture of their ID and we'll probably do it with 199 or something. We're working with nonprofits, uh, awesome. homeless people, nonprofits. We'll give that to them so they can, they help these people and video and audio is the name of the game right now. Yeah. Yeah. Video and audio. Yeah. No, I said no PowerPoint, no blah, blah, blah. Just t 10 minutes on how to fire somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And yeah. so Real uh, there's a huge, and kids today, they learn from a three inch screen. And yeah. that's where the world's going. And one day, any kid in the world can go to college because it'll be free and it'll be online and they'll be comfortable with it. Totally. And Completely. They, they have the discipline to do it. Yes. Because it, when you start learning, it gets exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. And when you get to pick the topics yeah. and it's stuff you're actually interested in, yeah. I mean, the intentionality increases, the learning increases, the integration of that increases, and it's going to be exciting. I told some people the other day, don't ever call me and ask me a question that you can get off of Google. You get, <laughs> just go there first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then That's you can awesome. call me if you still don't get the answer. But you can call me and ask me where what where is uh, where is Berlin? Where is uh, you know, I mean, I got I said, Do you have a phone? <laughs> yeah. Look it yeah. up. And then you get them in the habit of looking everything up. Because right. if you don't know something and five minutes later you don't know, that would be your fault. Yeah. yeah, it's just research. So we got to get them <laughs> learning. It's accumulative. Yes. And so yeah. a lot of that kind of strategy and theory and thinking is 
I think, important, especially for a lot of young people that haven't had a good family and education. They'll learn things that they go, wow, I never thought of that. So that when they go for an interview, they'll be a, they'll probably get hired because they'll at least know the right things, and they'll know how to give good service when they get hired. Yeah, and Lee, I already learned this to say thank you and to do this and to uh, open the door for people when they come in the store and. Yeah, it's just these are things that give you an advantage. Yeah, well, fantastic stuff. Yeah, this Lee, this conversation has been absolutely incredible. I've got two full pages of notes. <laughs> yep, so got my own. <laughs> if you are uh, if you are listening to this on podcast while driving your car, make sure that you uh, get home and write some of this stuff down. It was just filled with insight and and wisdom, you know, practically that that we yeah. can apply as leaders. One of the things that we do on our on our show here, Lee, is just end with some high performance leadership training things that leaders can do to take that next step for them on their leadership journey. I think that our conversation was packed full of leadership things that things that leaders can do immediately to grow as a leader. But any anything else on the tail end of this that you would give us? I would say the first thing you ought to do when you go, like I go to a new job, I'm a leader. I don't do anything for 30, 40, 50 days. I have meetings every day with the executives I work with me and I ask, I have a list of questions. What's our water bill? What's the electric bill? What do we have that? And I learn, 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 learn before I make start making any decisions so that I don't make a decision and then have to reverse it because I didn't ask why we do it and it was the right thing to do in the first place. And then uh, get to know your people. Get to know everybody. I walk my operation every day, three times a day when I run a hotel. And I know every single employee. They see me. They have a comfortable relationship with me. And they help me run the business. They tell me who's stealing. They tell me who's doing this, who's doing that. If they only see you once a month or, for you know, some people will tell me right now, I've been uh, furloughed. They haven't heard from their boss in five months. Yeah. I mean, yeah. God, that's, they're not going to be too committed when they come back. And I say, just be out and about, be in your business, ask people what you can do for them. Is there anything now? What do you need to do your job? Uh, what, do you, what resources do you need? What are you missing? What policies and procedures do we have in place that are making it hard to do your job? What are the guests complaining about? Get out there it. and find out what's going on and then use yeah. your authority to fix it. Then they trust you. Yeah. They trust the you. But you better take end. care of it. Once they tell you, you better take care of it. because. Or right. tell them why you can't. I mean, right. that's all. It's basic, simple stuff. Mm. Don't hide in your... I always tell people in the old days, I said, touch your people before you touch the work when you get in in the morning. Mm -hmm. But HR told me to quit saying touch your people. So <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, but we're a walking HR disasters here <laughs> too. <laughs> so now I say connect with your people there before you turn your computer on. <laughs> you updated. Oh, that's, that's great. So, so I love that. You know, to distill that down to our, our high performance leadership training, connect with your people before you connect with your work in the morning and allow yeah. that to really set the trajectory of your day. And they know more than you do. So don't be intimidated. They're yeah. always going to know more than you do. And you want them to because they're touching the value stream, right? <laughs> and you're, yeah. And your job's Absolutely. not to know everything they do. That's why you hired them. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. What a what a great time, Lee. We're we're so appreciative you took the time. Wow. Yeah. What a great conversation this has been. Thank you so much. You guys are great. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you, Lee. Yeah. Bye. Again, I mean, just profoundly impacted by his words, right? I mean, I it just amazes me the the experiences that he has and and how how open he is yeah. about sharing his work and his wisdom so that other people can get better. Yeah, that's right. And and here we are at the end of this and at the end of this two-part series, but but Amber had kind of laid out a challenge to our team early on and that was like start reaching out to some people that you think 
you know, I mean, we've enjoyed doing it ourselves, you know, but you guys hear our voices a good bit. What are, who are some voices that we could really learn from and hear from? And we've heard from one right now. Yeah. And, the, and the interesting thing is like, other than the book project that we all worked on, like I'd never met Lee before. So I simply reached out to him and it just taught me something. It's just like, might as well give it a go, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is he, so Hilton, Marriott, and then Disney World for Pete's sake, helping build those amazing businesses. And we reached out and his availability was just almost unbelievable. And then here he was and just spent all this time with us just downloading his wisdom. So what a powerful thing. And I'm so glad that you put that challenge on us because it helped make this happen. Yeah, you know, I, I my mom used to say, "Hey, the worst they could say is no." Exactly. Right, and and if they say no, just wait a little bit longer and try again. Yeah, try again. So I think she she made me feel just bad that she taught me that much perseverance. <laughs> She's like, "Do you not know what no means?" I'm like, "No, you taught me to not know what that means." Keep doing um, it. Yeah. But but again, Edgar Lee and I were able to work together on the Wow Factor book project, which is 52 thoughts from thought leaders around the world. And you know, my my thought was around mindset. Edgar's was around control, and then yeah. you had another word he, too. Yeah, the other one was agility. Agility. Yeah. yeah. Good, so we're yeah, talking about emotional agility. agility. I forgot yeah, for a second. That's there, awesome. So, and then, yeah. and Lee's was culture. And so, you know, combined, it was awesome for us uh, to sit around and have these conversations. But if you're interested in that book as well, yeah. um, we, we have that available here. You can shoot us a message, academy at lci1.com. And again, just a reminder, the heart and intent of the academy is to help other businesses, teams, or organizations either begin or, or just continue on your own leadership and cultural journey through speaking, training, and coaching. And so if there's any way that we can do that, um, the Academy is, is built up of our leadership development coaches that are internal um, and our other professionals within the leadership and culture development team that yeah. we have here at LCI. And so uh, again, we just come alongside of you and, and partner with you on that. Because yeah, so, it's, it's doable, you know, yeah. and that's what we're learning. You know, it, it's not easy, right. but it's doable. When, if you really want to see your culture change, there's a way to do that. And all this is us just kind of sharing our journey, right? Yeah. And, and if that's has some value for you, then please reach out at the email address that Amber just provided. We'd be just delighted to hear from you. Awesome. Thanks again for tuning in to the Lippert Academy for Leadership podcast. Amber Selking, along with Edgar Cabello. And we look forward to joining you next week. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the view or mission of Lippert Components, Inc. Thanks to Eternity Bro for our theme music and to Michael Yoder and the amazing team over at Truthwork Media. Thanks for listening.